Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker. Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, here you see him, Punk. Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Mr. A&D, and my co-host on the show today from the, uh, the Hard R from the Soul Trek Enterprise, Quattro. What's going on? Yeah. Well, we got, I mean, well, I mean, it's not, it's not been a good week in wrestling. Once again, this podcast is coming a little bit late this week. We are recording this here on Tuesday, July 31st when SmackDown Live is coming on. I do plan on having the SmackDown Live reviews up tomorrow along with the Raw, even though Raw sucked uh, the previous night. But this podcast, uh, <laughs> the, uh, we're on ep- episode, yeah, ep- episode 77. This podcast is talking about previous week last week going all the way up till sunday because this was supposed to come out sunday but we got slightly delayed because uh my sister-in-law had her uh first child so family is always more important than this so congratulations thank you yes yes i am an uncle for the second time like i said i have a lot of uh nieces and nephews already but now my sister-in-law finally has one so that that is really good so uh, the family continues to grow. And but before we go any further, we got to make sure you pay the bills. And that is make sure you guys check out Spacious Productions and check out the Mark and Dark show that they have coming out a weekly. And, of course, we're on the No Gimmicks Needed podcast and the Nerdgast Will Talk podcast. And also, stay tuned for the No Gimmicks Retro podcast. We actually just reviewed Vengeance 2002. Which is a very great. Oh pay- wow! Yes, good pay per view because the whole 2002 year at WWE was like one of the, the greatest year at WWE in 2002. <laughs> so we are uh, still taking requests. So if you're listening to us on YouTube, make sure you guys post down in the comments down below. But if you're listening to us on the podcast apps, make sure you email us at therealnerdcoalition at gmail Once again, that's therealnerdcoalition at gmail.com and then put in retro in the subject line and let us know what retro you want us to review so since SummerSlam is coming up we have a couple other retros that's coming up that hopefully you will join us on Quattro we are hey yeah we got a couple requests and, and we're, we're doing uh, SummerSlam 1992 SummerSlam okay. 1996 SummerSlam 2002 and SummerSlam 2006 Okay. Yeah. So those. I, are, I got to put some time in the schedule for that. Exactly. So yeah, those those are the summer slams that we are reviewing. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. The retro podcast will only be on the podcast apps 
only. So you gotta make sure you guys subscribe to us. If, if you listen, if you have an Android, find us on Stitcher. If you have an iPhone, find us on iTunes. We're on Google Play, Speaker, and SoundCloud. Trying to get up on that Spotify. And also on some news before we get into the main show today is I want to give a shout out to uh, Tim's podcast. I'll talk if you'll listen. Make sure I heard he just got on Spotify. Uh, as well for his podcast so congratulations for that yeah congrats to him man yes very good listen to that i'm going to try to apply for that as well so uh i'll talk if you listen once again it's a very uh intellectual podcast so make sure you guys check that out also we have some new podcasts on the horizon lady sketch is actually having her own personal podcast called turntables so make sure you guys really yes actually really Check that out, and then I have uh, my best, my best uh, friend, my my brother, and my best man at my wedding. Uh, Joe Franklin has his podcast called Drunk Tongue Sober Thoughts. Now, Drunk Tongue Sober Thoughts. Now that's a name right that's, there. That's a name right there, isn't it? and he's already. <laughs> I want to make sure y'all guys go check that out because he's already fifty-two episodes deep. Yes, he's 52 episodes deep, and we're actually to look to do some type of collaboration and do some enhancement shows. So make sure those two podcasts, Turntables and Drunk Tongue Sober Thoughts, make sure you guys uh, prepare for that. That will be hopefully added on to the Nerd Coalition's uh, uh, extension as well. And make sure you check out Tim's, which I can hopefully add his on as well, of the I'll Talk, Uh You'll Listen podcast. All right. Yeah, so, you know. It, growth is a thing here. Growth is a thing here, especially when you know. So yeah, we gotta get growth. And so you know what? Continue on growth that we, we gotta get the no gimmicks needed started. And uh, Absolutely since you do. do that, we had a dark day in wrestling, and I think it was sun. You know, it was um. I think it was Sunday or Saturday. I think it was the twenty eighth or the 29th. I want to say Sunday because. No matter of fact, I think I'm gonna say Saturday because I can remember going into work on Sunday and a coworker. That was the first thing he hit me with as soon as I got there. Yes, well, we had three wrestling deaths in the same day. It was Brickhouse Brown, it was Nikolai Volkov, and it was Brian Christopher, aka Grandmaster Sexay. Now, before I, I get into all three of these stories real quick, it was kind of a shell shock because. Uh, a friend of mine, I'm pretty sure you know, you was around when I told you about this, was shot uh-huh. two years ago on the same exact day all these wrestling deaths happened. Right. Yeah. So it's it's been the two year anniversary since his passing. I was like, wow, we got all this death on this day. It's just you know, like wow. It's it's amazing how things work out. Um. Now, uh-huh. I know a lot of people who was listening to this show wants to hear us talk about Brian Christopher, for which we will do. But I'm going to save him for the last one because now I'm going to start with uh, Brickhouse Brown. Now, I'm not too familiar with Brickhouse Brown because he was he wrestled for the Southern Territories. And I know a lot of people say, right. well, you know, you got that, that Southern in you, but don't mean I watched, you know, all of Mid-South Wrestling or Southern stuff like that. The, his story was kind of ironic because what happened was I had to double check and make sure he died on his day because if you heard the story, they had reported him dying last week. Really? Yes, he was uh, in hospice care, and what happened was they he had died, and they had pronounced him dead. And as they were calling the funeral home to come get the body, he woke up and told his mama, "I'm hungry. I need some food," and stayed 
alive for another week. Man, now if that's determination right there, I don't. <laughs> I, was, I don't even know how to deal with that as a family. <laughs> like, oh, you, you know what? That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like you. He's dead. Then he wakes up and he lives for another week and then he dies again. It's just like this, like you're, you're teasing my pain type here, type thing here. Right. And I mean, but you know, it's just like, huh? No, I'm just saying I couldn't even imagine what it's like. You, you. Your, your family member's gone. They're gone. Not not gone and forgotten, but you understand what I'm saying by gone. Yes. And then they come back, and you're on a roller coaster right now. You went from your lowest low to your highest highs. Oh, my God, they're back. They're going to make it. This is going to be good. And for a week, they're around. People are probably visiting. They're, they have, they're talking to people. They're sharing stories. And then all of a sudden, they're gone again. It's almost like, all right, I'm gonna let you go back to say your goodbyes. Yeah, that is a lot to deal with. That is very yeah. That look, I don't even want to know what that pain is, but that 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 is some pain right there, mm-hmm. and um, it's just it it's all happens. It's a matter that it all happened in the same day, you know, that like like that. It just like you know, but they said death comes in threes, and I mean this is. Nothing more but the most serious thing of threes I've ever heard of before in my life. But he, uh, Brickhouse Brown, of course, uh, he was best known for association with the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. I am familiar with them, and uh, uh-huh. I was. Uh, he wrestled in the. Uh, he he enjoyed most success in the eighties and early nineties, but he had he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Prostate cancers what took him out last year. Uh, I mean, well, he, he diagnosed with it last year, and that's what uh, took him out. And uh, Diamond Dallas Page had put out a tweet saying, "Today is a super sad day for me and wrestling fans everywhere. I just found out Nikolai Volkov, Brian Lawler, and Brickhouse Brown all passed away today. It literally took my breath away. My deepest sympathies go out to all their families. God bless you, brothers. Godspeed, DDP." Now, like I said. Uh, that's- it, hard. It, it is hard. It's just so hard to deal with in the wrestling world, right there, man. It really is, and uh, like I said, I wasn't familiar too much familiar with Brickhouse Brown, but I do know he had success in a lot of the NWA, the Mid South. And any time that you know a brother can get some success in the wrestling business, I have to congratulate that. Especially from you said you said the NWA, yes, and in the South yes. during the time that that was exactly. Wow. So, <laughs> and um. The, uh, the other death that I am more familiar with is Nikolai Volkov, who we have See, seen now, at plenty of those House of Hardcore um, d- 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 events. I was I was going to touch on that. You just hit the nail on the head. I saw him at the last Collector's Fest. That's what I was trying to think what the name was. I was sitting there thinking like the Collector's Fest that they had early in the mornings. That right. They had. What made me, what, what it hit me at, because I'm sitting there like, I remember seeing him calling my father who is a wrestling fan well a back in the day wrestling fan yeah and telling him like dude Volkov is in front of me and he's like are you serious and I'm <laughs> like telling him about it because that was one of my dad's wrestlers uh-huh. like him Junkyard Dog people of that time those were the wrestlers my parents liked so the fact that I could like sit back like I saw him last year and yes, a lot happens in a year. We all know that. Yes. But the fact that I, I connected through him to my father to his childhood, mm-hmm. that actually 
I, my dad actually reached out to me and was like, wow, did you hear about Volkov? I was like, yeah, man, that's crazy. So, yeah, so I, I know it's a, uh, like I said, I, um, I, I remember him, uh, of course, back in the 80s, back during the Hogan era, and I will remember him. Now, I'm not saying, I go say, I went back and watched stuff because I, I, I'm a fan of older wrestling as well. And I remember uh-huh. when he used to sit in the ring and sing the Russian national anthem. Uh-huh. I remember that. And then, the, the only time I wasn't a big fan of what they did with Volkov is when they brought him back in the 90s and he was part of that Million Dollar Man's corporation. And they had uh-huh. him wearing the scent signs, opposed to dollar signs. I, I was like, it, it was really like just dumbing down his character, and I, I wasn't necessarily a big fan of that. But he was a <clears throat> Hall of Famer. I think he was in the class of two thousand four that he went in when, when they first brought that Hall of Fame back, or it could have been the nineteen one the class in the nineteen nineties. But he definitely was a Hall of Famer, and uh, it was a very very sad hearing about him pass but he he was uh 70 years old i believe it was great heel had great managers that were managing him i think mr fuji Uh managed him uh once in his career before and uh like i said did they all be missed but one the the one that was just so tragic is the one about brian christopher and now i feel like that's tragic for us too at the same time because that's more our era. Not saying the other ones mm. are foregone, but yeah. that's something we was like, "Yo, I remember too cool." Yes. First of all, I remember too much. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, like, uh, yeah, because I, I, when when uh, when Brian Christopher came with a uh, Scott Taylor, Sky Too Hotty, and they, they did mm-hmm. it was the too hot, too sexy, and they were too much, and. Uh, I remember watch, watching them in like I want to say '97 when they came in, and then of course when they went into the Too Cool gimmick, and they had you know, Rikishi and, and and they they were very entertaining to say the least. And once again, I once again you everybody really well everybody kind of knew because he looked just like Jerry the King Lawler that that right. dad was his son. He, he had like the same exact laugh and everything, uh-huh. but it's the thing that his. He had some demons on him, and the one, the, the sad thing about, because he actually came back to WWE, I want to say, for a brief stint, like in 2011, 2012, and they went to NXT yep. for a little bit, and then uh, I remember their match at NXT. Then also, um, was it Raw Old School Night as well, right? I think so. And uh, the, the what 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 was sad it was like. He has always had substance abuse, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it, no matter what it it, it was. But the but the one thing about Grandmaster Sexy was, every time you seen him or heard about him, it just never seemed as though he could get off of it. Right. And you know you you have people you have Shawn Michaels that was on drugs. You have a lot of wrestlers that was on drugs. Eddie Guerrero and then you see them come back and they they have they either find God or they just, you know, find inspiration. They come back and they come back stronger than ever and they look good when they come back. Uh-huh. Grandmaster Sex 8 just never, Brian Christopher never looked good. Uh-huh. And every time he came back it just looked like he just stayed fucked up for lack of better words. Right. And um, even, even down to today, he was still working indie circuits. Yes, I heard he was still working the indies. I heard actually earlier this year he had a match 
with Jerry the King, a tag team match down in Memphis Valley Wrestling. Really? Yes. So the fact that something like that happened, and I don't even want to go into it unless you want to go into it. The way that he passed too. It's like, well, yes, I'm come gonna, on. I ain't gonna go into it because it, it is it is a, it, it's a a hard topic. But so he was being held in a jail in Tennessee on D, DUI, driving under the influence, because like I said, he did have an alcohol problem, and uh, uh-huh. he was found in his cell hanging himself, and he took him to the hospital, but once again, they had him on life support, and I hate, you know, I, I hate feeling this way, because especially if a man of faith, you, you, you want to have some type of faith in there, but once you hear life support, it's done. It's yeah. like, the machine is keeping him alive, long enough for the family to come say their goodbyes or anything of that nature and that's basically what it is and it's very sad because suicide is is, I know suicide is not not a thing that WWE likes to address because originally they wasn't going to show a a, a thing for uh, Grandmaster Sexay on Monday but since Jerry Law is still working with the company and um you know, it is his son. Things like that they did that, but suicide. We have seen a lot of wrestlers take their own life. Tess uh-huh. comes to mind. Mike Awesome comes to mind. Uh, was uh, Lance Cage came comes to my mind. Right, it's legit. So many wrestlers. I mean, and then we all know, obviously, the elephant in the in the room, Chris. Right. Yeah, yes. So many wrestlers, so many wrestlers that that this has been their way out is so unfortunate, and that's why it hits home so much. It's like, wow, a wrestler that even wrestling fans that may not watch wrestling today, you could tell them, hey man, the guy from Too Cool died. The one that did the worm, no, the other one, oh, the one with the leg drop, and it's like, wow. We all know people pass, but it's wild when somebody that you can connect to and actively remember your memory is gone, and I, and that's so hurtful. I can't even imagine how the king feels at this moment. Oh, he got he he has to be tore up. He has to be tore up. And what what saddens me and what pisses me off is, did you see the new Jack tweet? I absolutely saw the new Jack tweet because in my because in me going on the interwebs. I saw some backlash from the fans. That was just like respectful. Uh-huh. And then that led me to the New Jack tweet. And it just made me mad. It, it, mad. Because it's uncalled for on so many levels. It's ridiculous. It, it, there is no excuse for the way. I don't give a damn how angry New Jack is. Because like, remember when he was at Collector's Festival, we seen him. That's just one angry, excuse my language, that's one angry nigga. That's, one, that's what he is. Right. And I'm, right. And I'm just like, bruh, look, I, I know you dealt with some shit in the wrestling business. Trust me. Uh, You know, say, doing a lot of research on New Jack. But that was, I don't care how much you hate Jerry the King Lawler or how much you hate his son. There's still... We are human on this earth, and there's a certain time place for that. And pe- people, you know, care about it. like you just ruin whatever career you have is over. You you really right. ruined yourself because now t- 
Tommy Dreamer's not going to bring you back to these House of Hardcore and Collector Festival for you to make some money. People are not going to want to uh-huh. bring you back to these youth shoots on YouTube to make some money. You're not going to get booked for no uh-huh. indie dates. You're, you're too old. Nobody's going to want to deal with you. And you brought all that shit on yourself because you could Look, there are so many people that feel so many types of ways that don't say anything. But there's a certain time and place for that. But you're, not only did his son just die, his son just committed suicide. And one thing for a parent, as me being a parent... You never uh-huh. want to bury your child. You never even had a feeling or the thought right. of burying your right. child. You're supposed to go before you. Well, I mean, well, I don't I say life has a funny way of working, so you don't know what's going to happen. But you will, you will uh-huh. prefer you go first before your child. And Mr. A you know I'm not a father. Uh-huh. But with what New Jack said, arguably a day after the passing of that man it's it's it, it doesn't hit me on the level of being a father it would hit you it would hit me on the level of respecting the business even if you don't like that person why oh why would you say something so incredibly abrupt yes and you hit the nail 100% on the head if you was going to be all the way selfish of this, and I can have selfish tendencies in myself from time to time, did you not think about your career at all? Because people are going to look at you as like, oh, we can't have this hothead around. Who knows what he would do? He already had such a negative rap yeah, <laughs> already. already in the business. And me as a, as a diehard ECW fan knew about this knew about this what he just did just ascended to another level it's really unforgivable it, it, it really is it, it really is unforgivable <laughs> and there's really no there's one of the things like you know it's, it's this very really no coming back from this however there are going to be fans that are, are fans of DJ whatever the case may be and try to you know say he can come back from this but there's no excuse there's no uh-huh. you know there's no so even if you know God forbid if something was to happen to Hulk Hogan, right? Uh-huh. I wouldn't expect, you know, Titus O'Neil to be like, you know, well, thank God that racist is finally dead. We've rid the earth of, of somebody hates on this. But that's not what you do. That's not that's right. what you do. Because you don't want the same thing. Because one thing is, people are, uh, are afraid of death and nobody wants to die. But if when you do die and you have nobody that loves you and cares about you and you're just thrown in the dirt, that's a feeling that I don't want. Uh-huh. You know, that, that I'm just like, right now, you are, you have burnt all the bridges. And right. to, to say that about that man's son, I was like, you know what, like, if Jerry Lawler had came back and said some very inappropriate shit to him, I can't get mad at him, to be honest with you. I can't. I, I would hope that he didn't do that. Yeah. But I could understand if he did. Uh-huh. I can understand if that somehow, some way, he was booked for some type of collector's fest. If Jerry Lawler walked across the room and knocked the bull out of him, you'd be like, he right. You're right. I'm not, I'm not even going to do nothing. I'm not even going to do nothing. You know, and when the cops get there, I'm going to say, New Jack swung first. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm, not only am I going to hold you, I'm going to lie for you, too. I'm, I'm going to lie for you, bro, because that ain't happening. But you know, Rest in peace 
to all the wrestlers that you know that that we lost. I mean, it, it sucks. You you don't want it to happen, but people die. People die every yes. year, and as long as we are on this planet, that's what's going to happen. And I mean, it, uh-huh. it, it's bittersweet, especially when you have people like China passing away, or when you have you know, or, or people as low as Nicole Bass. It doesn't matter. But when you have people, people from you know your family, the rest of the family that, that happens, you know, it, it it shocks the core. It just so happened that they all three of them happened on the same day, which um, is very unfortunate. But now, as a yeah. wrestling fan, let me just put this out here because yeah. I I know we have a show to do. Yeah. Do you see him? Something that people are talking about. Not saying I think it happened. Is does Brian Christopher have a place in the Hall of Fame? No. Not as Brian Christopher. If they want to put him in the Hall, of, first of all, put him in the Hall of Fame like. Next year will just be saying I did it because he died because they wouldn't did it regardless. If they want to put if they want to put too cool in the Hall of Fame, maybe. But once again, this is Vince McMahon's Hall of Fame. It's W Hall of Fame. There's no building for it yet. There, it's just that's whatever they say. The Hall of Fame is in the Hall of Fame, and Vince puts whoever they want. He wants in the Hall of Fame as a tag team. They, yeah, you know they were successful. They, in my opinion, they're not a Hall of Fame tag team. He's not a Hall of Fame talent. He was a talented guy, but not a Hall of Fame talent. But once again, uh-huh. as soon as you say that, you go back to the whole Coco Beware argument. So there right. it is. So I can see them saying, "Hey, we're gonna put two cool." I mean, shit, the Bushwhackers is in there. So yeah, you know what? Two cool goals in the Hall of Fame. Two cool goals in the Hall of Fame. I can see them putting two. I agree with you hands down. I wouldn't put in any of those wrestlers necessarily individually. Not saying they didn't contribute, but I just never saw them in that Hall of Fame light. Mm-hmm. But if they did want to say, we're going to induct the team of two cool into the Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, I can see that happening. Yeah, I agree. So I, I yeah, I, 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 yeah, I definitely see two cool going in there. But you know, speaking of the Hall of Fame. There, I don't know if you've read this, but there is actually a petition going around to bring Chris Benoit into the Hall of Fame. Did you hear about that? Wow. No, I, I missed that one. <laughs> well, okay, well, let me explain it to you. So what happened was since recently Hulk Hogan is you know it's just back in the wrestling business and everybody's just like oh okay well Hulk Hogan used those racial slurs on you know Bubba the Love Sponge radio show so if he's allowed to come back into the Hall of Fame for using the N word then we should be able to bring Chris Benoit back into the Hall of Fame. There are people out there who actually have petitions on people who are quote unquote wrestling fans to sit there and uh, sign this petition. To bring Chris Benoit into the Hall of Fame. First off, no, no disrespect, but here's the thing: Fisig Man does not give a shit about your petition. He does not. <laughs> he does not. Yeah, Vince McMahon does not give a shit about your petition. And second off, that does not. You mean to t- look? What Hogan did was bad. <laughs> What Hogan did was bad, Correct. and sometimes it's, it's, certain things unforgivable. But you know, the punishment has to fit the crime. And you're t- and p- there are people out there that really want to just separate 
what Benoit did in his personal life opposed to his wrestling career, and it life don't work that way. See, I was definitely about to touch on that. I'm glad you brought that up. The only way, the only way, and I'll tell you this, I was absolutely a Chris Benoit fan. A fan of Chris Benoit as the character, as the wrestler. Unless there is some way, which I don't think is possible, that you can only induct the character into the Hall of Fame on wrestling attributes alone that's it that's the only way that's the only way and that's not possible it, look people can look I, I mean there are shady people in every hall of fame every sports hall of fame there is absolutely but there's a reason why Pete Rose is still not in the hall of fame the baseball hall of uh-huh. fame there is a reason you know why certain uh, football players or basketball players are not in the Hall of Fame right now because of certain things, uh-huh. and there, there, there are actions that, that, that. So the argument that they have here for Hogan saying the N word and Warrior going on a whole tangent about uh, blacks, gays, and just anybody that's not Warrior. Yeah, and, you're, and they're saying, well, you can, they're honoring Ultimate Warrior, and they have a Warrior Award look, and same thing with Fabulous Moolah. I got it. I got it. And what they, uh-huh. they, they are, I'm sorry, I was never a fan of Ultimate Warrior. I think he's a piece of shit, in my, my personal opinion. He really is, but I, I, I don't know what to say to that, but Benoit killed. He physically murdered his wife and his, you. I'm not saying the wife is one thing because you don't murder. Because I don't like me personally. I don't like harm coming to women or children. And but, that's both. Is that, and that's both right there. Like, yeah, exactly. That's why I said unless you can somehow withdraw the character for the person, which isn't possible. I don't have a way that that you can be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. No, I got. Nothing. I will not sit here and lie to you and not tell you in that ring, Chris Benoit was an amazing wrestler. Absolutely was a fan of the Crippler Crossface. Absolutely can remember his multiple matches, like his clinics with Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Triple H, um, battling for the U.S. Championship. Kurt Angle, thank you. Like I, he did some time as the Radicals, time in short time in ECW, time in WCW. He had a Hall of Fame career until that night. That that's what happened. He fucked it up for himself, and it's not like Chris Wild when he was doing this was like, I'm thinking of the Hall of Fame, and maybe I can get in it one day. No. No, this is one thing that it just like it can't. Be. It's it, it's double show because you know WWE puts themselves in this in, in this situation in the first place because first of all, like I said, when Hogan did that stuff about saying the N word, they shouldn't they uh-huh. when they said they removed him from the Hall of Fame and he got reinstated to the Hall of Fame, they brought a shit storm on themselves. They yep. shouldn't have never. And they brought attention to it. Exactly. They never should have said Hogan was out the Hall of Fame because it because when they said that you were saying the same thing I was. Wait, I didn't know they took him out. 
Right. When they said right, we we were sitting here talking about this, like when when did that happen? I didn't I didn't get no buzzworthy news feed thing about that. That didn't happen. Exactly. I didn't, that all didn't I heard was Hogan was fired from Exactly. All I heard was Hogan was fired from a WWE contract, and then they said he's reinstated in the Hall of Fame. So then all of a sudden people are like, "Oh, so you mean to tell me when people fuck up like that, you take him out the Hall of Fame? Okay." And now here's the list, and then the first person at the top of that list. Is the warrior, and then uh-huh. I don't know if Mula isn't. I think she may be in the Hall of Fame. She's next, and then it goes. The list goes down to like, okay, so why? Then you ask people, well, why she were in the Hall of Fame, and then when when WWE gives you a bullshit ass answer of why they're still in the Hall of Fame, and they're not taking them out, then the first people, the first thing people are gonna go to is like, all right, well, if that's the case, then you bring Chris Benoit into the Hall of Fame, and it's like. They bring this shit storm on themselves. Uh-huh. And it's like, there, there, there's a no-one situation because Chris Benoit, I said this before, I'll say it again, will never be a part of the Hall of Fame. Okay? I can't see it happen. It will I never be, he will never be a part of the Hall of Fame. And I, I and God forbid this too. Owen Hart will not be a part of the Hall of Fame as long as Martha Hart is still breathing. The end. There are really fans. Yeah, true. There are really fans. Do do you think that if Sid Vicious was successful and killed Arn Anderson back uh, in the 80s with with the pair of scissors, that Sid Vicious would be even nominated for the Hall of Fame? No. No way. No, especially in the climate of WWE that we are in today, yes. there is no way that they can approve that with what they're doing. You're it's on, not possible. You're automatically saying, because first of all, it, it ain't just like, okay, we got the Hall of Fame, and then we're like, Chris Benoit's in the Hall of Fame. Chris Benoit is a headliner. Yep. He's a headliner name. He's not a, uh, uh, a Coco B. I mean, he can even actually... He either if he's not a headliner, he's one of the top names that's going to be in it because he could be on like that Ricky Steamboat type level, like it was two thousand nine. When if you have a bigger name that's in there, so like if if say if it was a Hall of Fame class like either the Undertaker or the Rock, then yes, he's a big name to go in there, but he's behind them, you know. But the, uh, hey, hey, you got, you just gotta start putting out there like this: if Chris Benoit gets announced for the Hall of Fame next night on Raw, New Jack got a match. Yeah, like yeah, no. <laughs> And CM Punk and Neville got a tag team title shot. I don't know how that happened, but it's, that all got to happen at the same time. That that right there is saying that <laughs> WWE, because then on top of that, when you put him in the Hall of Fame, it ain't just putting him in the Hall of Fame. There's no building, but so there's uh-huh. a ring. So here's the thing: you got to call his family, right? You got to uh-huh. call his son and his family. That and y'all got to give his family the Hall of Fame ring, but yet the other half of his family is like. You killed my daughter. Remember, yep. when you're married, that is now your family by law. That's what it is now. And then on top of that, you have to promote it. You have to sit there. You have to get video packages of all Benoit's matches. You have to sit there and have WWE superstars talk about how good Chris Benoit is. And then when it comes to the topic of, okay, for fans who don't know who Benoit is, why is he not here? He died. So how are you going to explain that? You're going to say, well, Chris Benoit was found dead at his house by himself? It makes no sense. 
Mr. A in it. Could you see? Could you see the speech? Because the only person I can see inducting them is his son, who who does a little bit of who's trying to become a wrestler or tried, but unfortunately the name's haunting him. It's haunting him because he looked just like him too. He he would have to stay stand on stage and said, "I wish my father could be here to share this moment with me." Say that to look at the crowd. Say say that and instantly shoot to the crowd. Exactly. <laughs> I can't see. I can't see it. I can't see it. And I it's wish not my like and my any, mom and my mom. It's and not my, like my mom and my brother was here. Exactly, because you know what? It ain't like Nancy Benoit was just his like a regular wife. And I'm not saying you know, like regular or anything of that nature. I'm saying, but she right. was a manager. She was woman in WCW. The wrestling community, uh-huh. the wrestling family knows Nancy Benoit. Uh huh. And you're, and that is a like it. People are selfish. That is what it really is. They're like, I just want him in the Hall of Fame so I can play with him in 2K. No, that's not how it works. And I'm like, I don't condone racism. I don't condone sexism. I don't condone you know uh, hating on gay and lesbian and transgender, right. the, the LBGT. I don't condone any of that. Uh-huh. However. There are people in this world that they got that free speech thing. They, you have freedom of speech. If you want to call me the N-word, you, you are free to do that. However, there is no freedom of consequence. There's a consequence for any one of your actions. And by the law of the land in this country, you are, even though they don't do it, you are supposed to, you know, there is uh, different levels of punishment for different levels of crime. Okay. Absolutely is. If Hulk Hogan was out in the woods and he was convicted for lynching three black men because he was a racist, he goes to jail and he never comes out. He may get the death penalty and we forget about Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan had a racist rant and by the law of the land, you have to have a two-party consent to know you're being recorded for that to work. That's the unfortunate thing about it. Hogan, he, he's coming back. He, he paid for his dues, whether we like it or not. He did a community service. He, he did what he was asked to do by the law of the land. And I, unfortunately, I may not have to agree with the justice system. I may not have to agree with Hulk Hogan being back. But Hulk Hogan didn't kill nobody. He didn't kill his kid. He didn't kill Brooke Hogan after that. No. He didn't no, go he didn't. kill Brooke Hogan's boyfriend or set him up to get killed. Chris Benoit had a plan and killed his family. And the problem is, you could you could make the argument that he needs help. They should have helped him. You're damn right they should. they should. There's a lot of other superstars that's out here that has committed suicide or has gone through depression that needs help. Mental illness is a real thing. It is not something that somebody has made up. But with the problem with Chris Benoit, first of all, people should have checked on Chris Benoit after Eddie Guerrero died. That's when they should have been on him. Because that man was hurt by yep. that. And on top of that, he and then on top of that, once again, Vince don't give these guys no breaks. People not realizing this, that. that. See, this, see, this rolls back to the old argument of should WWE have an offseason? Exactly, but the, the way it is, I think they, they're, they're so conditioned that they, they, they wouldn't win an offseason. But that, that's another topic right. for another day. I'm just saying, look, there's no there's no way Ben Wild gets into the Hall of Fame. I honestly at this point I am so tired 
of people still bringing up this argument. Like, how selfish can how selfish can you be to the people that's affected by this? That's that's what bothers me. The the unfortunate and realest thing I could tell you: people don't care. They don't. They that that's being selfish. Very selfish. That's what it is. That's, that's what people are going to continue doing. But look, closing argument: he's not going in. Y'all can sign how many things you want. Vince is going to wipe his ass with it. He's not going to give a shit. He's not going in the Hall of Fame, and that's final. And, you know, Vince was hurt by that as well. And his company lost a lot behind that. So, yes, they did. And if if they decide to, so you mean to, if they put Chris Wilde in the Hall of Fame, guess what? WWE closes his doors because they will make sure that that thing goes out of business. Uh huh. Let it There's go. There's no way I can see it happening. Y'all can make some. Y'all can make some arguments about him going into a prof- actual professional wrestling hall of fame. There are those kind of hall of fames out there, and guess what? They said no too. I, I would love, love to have a listener out there send us a compelling argument of why he should be in the hall of fame. Please, may, you know what? I'm not. I'm not all knowing. Maybe there's something I'm missing. Maybe there's some way you see it that I don't. Please. Please tell me, because I, I can't see it happening. Enlighten us, because right now, it's not happening. So, moving on to our next thing is, uh, so, Impact is in the news, and honestly, it's good news. And that is... Impact seems to be back on the rise. Yes. Have you seen Slammiversary? Now, I did check out the highlights of Slammiversary. I didn't sit down and watch the show, because I don't have um, GWN, I believe it is. Yeah, you know, because I honestly, the, I don't know what impact Sam Harris was on because I usually get it on Fight TV. Okay. So, uh, but then you know that's how I check out Impact when I'm feeling like it. But one thing about Impact that I can say is that for the past, you know, couple years, when it comes to their pay per views, they do a damn good job at it because they real, they really have pay per views any uh, anymore. Uh-huh. And I remember everybody kept saying, now Slammiversary is like their SummerSlam in a way. Right, because Bound for Glory is their WrestleMania, right? Correct. And uh, okay. Their, their, okay, their big four was um, Destination X, Lockdown, uh-huh. Slammiversary, and Bound for Glory. Now, uh-huh. back in the day, I used to love Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory was good all uh-huh. up until 2012. Then. It yeah. wasn't the times of like Fortune and all them and Made yes. Mafia. I was, I was all about it. And I was all in the Slammiversary as well. And then once again, like when 2012 hit, when Hogan and Bischoff got their hands on TNA, it, it killed it for me. And then they, they, they tried to come back and then it fucked it up again. But last year, I remember I was told to watch Slammiversary 2017 and it was a damn good show. They had D'Angelo uh, Williams, with, uh, the running back from the, uh, the Panthers, that was on there, and he did good uh-huh. in his match. And you know they had a great main event. And I was like, okay, this is this back when ECD was facing Lance Storm. And I was like, this is uh, this is pretty good. So now, as you know, WWE has like all the indie people, but they had right. their same anniversary card. And I have to say, this was a damn good card. This was a damn good card. There were some negatives on there. But this was a damn good card. Now, I mean, 
even getting into the card. The what was it? The first match of the night, that four way match. Yes. Come on. That, Come on. That was supposed to have Rich Swan in it, but Petey Williams replaced Rich Swan. Now I've always liked Petey Williams because, let me be real, the Canadian Destroyer. Exactly. When I first heard of that, and then I saw that, I was like, I need to see more of this move. <laughs> yes. Uh, that opened up the show. And I see Phoenix in there now. I know you're not too familiar with Lucha Underground, but it looks like uh, Phoenix is uh, part of TNA now because he died on Lucha Underground season four. Spoiler alert! Just saying. <laughs> so, just, have you ever watched any episodes of Lucha Underground? Yeah, um, I watched scattered episodes of the first season because um, I start hearing about wrestlers like Sexy Star, and it really, it and I don't. This cannot be the. It's probably not the first season. I could be absolutely wrong here. But I remember hearing when Sexy Star had won their championship belt. And I, the first thing I said, I was like, oh, so she won the woman's belt? She was like, no, she won the belt. What? Yes. That made me want to tune in. That hands down made me want to tune in. I do understand that. Um, so uh, what we have here is a... So, Johnny Impact uh, won the match. I, I, I do love uh, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, Johnny Nitro, whatever you want to call himself. However, his Starship pain looks beautiful, but he never really connects it. Never. Because we all know the move does too much. We can thoroughly admit that. I yeah. need to jump from the first rope to the third rope, hit a split-legged corkscrew moonsault. Yes. Plus theatrics of looking. It's too much in the move. Beautiful if you land it. If you, if that's, why you land catch, it. that's why these catch some legs or the um, top of the upper body or maybe just the head because there's too much going on in the move. Beautiful move. Just got a lot going on. Exactly. But yeah, Giant Pet pitches the win in an awesome opening matchup. The next matchup is Tessa Blanchard versus Allie, which Allie has the best super kick for a woman in the business. Hey, Carmella, take notes <laughs> on Allie's super kick. First of all, I love this woman's match. First of all, WWE is stupid for not signing Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, How when I heard you... that she went over there, I said, but I saw the Mae Young Classic too. No other way to explain it. I saw her on NXT as well. How did y'all let... Go. How did y'all let one of the four horsemen's daughters go? You can have a rivalry with her and Charlotte. Like, how did y'all not do this? And y'all, I me personally, they had her booked wrong in the Mayo Classic because she lost in the first round to Kyrie Zane. And I'm like, she should have definitely made it closer to the finals. Uh-huh. That's what she, she should have did. But they had a, a hard hitting contest. There was a, a I think Tornado DT that Ali took that just or. Uh, Mission Oka I forgot what it was that she fell on the head. She, she she took it. It was like very brutal looking. But uh, at first, I wasn't really sold on Ali at first. But then after seeing this match, I was like, you know what? You're showing me something here from the highlights that I saw. And but but Tessa Blanchard uh-huh. picks up picks up the win over Holly, and uh, it was a damn good matchup. Uh, next up, we have right. Eddie Edwards taking on Tommy Dreamer. Now I already knew as soon as I see Tommy Dreamer's name, I was just like. It's, it's a Tommy Dreamer match. That's the best I can put it. Tommy Dreamer, look. I love Tommy Dreamer. Right. I love meeting him at House He's of Hardcore. I love meeting me him at Collector's Fest. He is really the ultimate wrestling fan. That's what he is. He is the right. king of fandom when it comes to wrestling. But the man is old. The man's a little out of shape. And he only does these hardcore matches now. And 
this one was it this to me slowed it down because you knew what was coming well that's because just like you said you hit the nail on the head Tommy's job is to put over talent we know that and real talk anytime you see Tommy in any interview or anybody that's what he wants to do he wants to spend his remaining years in the ring helping out new people so if he can put on a nice match and yes you're right you go into this match knowing the outcome you do you knew Eddie Edwards was going to go over but from the the hardcore aspect that the match had, even down to the respect at the end, you can find some solace. And like, you know what? That was still a pretty good match. Yes, I do understand that. But that was it. That was, I'm sorry. That was not a good match. I was like, it was just Tommy Dreamer in a nutshell. That's the best I that's, that's the best I could do for that. That was Tommy Dreamer in a nutshell doing Tommy Dreamer stuff, which I'm not mad at at all. But uh, uh-huh. it's just, it's like you know those matches are only on there just to you know I guess give people a hardcore style matchup. But I'm like one thing that we didn't need on this show was an overload of hardcore matches, which we got, which we got. Oh well, I mean. Because they put Sammy Callahan and Tommy Dreamer on the same card. Oh, you, but that we not get. But, but, but let's you, not get ahead. No, no, let's not get ahead because I'm definitely going to get on Sammy Callahan. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get on him because th- that guy is crazy. Yes. Most disgusting wrestler Yo, ever Disgusting seen. as fuck. <laughs> he is disgusting as fuck. But you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go on to the next match, which I believe uh, was for... The X Division Championship, which still blows my mind. Uh, Brian Cage takes on Matt Seidel, a.k.a. Evan Bourne. He's too big. He's too, too big. <laughs> this man is huge. This man is so damn huge. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, what's what's going on here? But he's good at what he does. Uh-huh. He's very good at what he does. And I'm just like, okay. So the match was good, and it was like, a reversal after reversal, and Brian Cage is powering through Matt Seidel. And once again, Evan Bourne, he, he's good, but he just does so much. He keeps getting himself. He's, like, so injury-prone these days. Right. And uh, the finish of the match came where he tries to go for his shooting star press, and he, his feet get caught feet up on the top rope. rope. Yes. <laughs> but let us not forget, earlier in the match, what – did he not jump off the top rope and Brian Cage caught him? In a suplex. Like, who does that? <laughs> what? I, I looked at that. I looked at that. I brought that up today. And I looked at that. I said, I'm going to have to watch this again. <laughs> How strong do you have to be to catch a grown-ass man? <laughs> grown-ass man in a suplex. I don't care if he's an ex-division cruiserweight or not. Grown ass man. Mm-hmm. Like It's ridiculous. I, I, I don't get it. But um I thought the match was like entertaining because once again, we we've seen Brian Cage live at House of Hardcore before as well. Yes. And we he, have. he beat Mad Sidell and became the new X Division champion. And I'm like, why? But okay. Uh, then we get Sue Young takes on Madison Rain. Sue Young is the new Knockouts champion. So apparently, I was sitting there thinking, like, where is um, Rosemary? 
And I heard that she that Sue Young is the one that took out Rosemary. It's all part of storyline, uh-huh. so Rosemary's about to come back. But I think I'm I, I'm liking Sue Young. I'm liking the character. I'm liking the way she wrestles. I just was never. And I, you hear me say this. I was never really a big fan of Madison Rain. I I think she's beautiful. She's beautiful. I, I had she was part of the anything. beautiful people. <laughs> she she was part of the yes, beautiful people. But in my personal opinion, the the best wrestler in the beautiful people was Angelina Love. And right. Then Velvet Sky in that order. Yes. And, and I was just like, uh, like they they kind of was like divas wrestling to me. But I know Angelina now, Love was the actual wrestler of the group, which I liked the best. Now, even though this was a very short match, a I like Sue Young's entrance. Yes, Did yes. That entrance, I'm like, oh, with the, with the um, people in the in the almost like a goth wedding dress or something. What was that? And yeah, the coffin and all that. Even all the way down to the finish, like, oh, she buried Madison Rain. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Good night. But that's rumored. That's rumored for something for Madison Rain. But whatever there. So it's like, oh, short match, and they're really trying to put Sue Young over as. What looked like to me like a female Undertaker, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just looking like honestly, I think we get the Sue Young uh, Rosemary match at um, Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory. Yeah, in October because now they they they've been doing so well that Bound for Glory is actually gonna be on the pay per view now. And I believe wait, and it's in New York, right? I think so. I think I, Bound for Glory is wow. think, yeah, Bound for Glory is in New York this year. And I'm like, wow. hey, slow build, slow build, do it like that. Don't build too high. Yeah. Um, what's our this man will come through with a checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> he he would. Uh, next up, we get a 5150 street fight for the Impact Tag Team Championships. No disrespect, real quick, what I'm about to say, but if this is not the <laughs> most ghetto shit I heard, we got <laughs> the 5150. Like, if this ain't some urban youth shit right here, we got the Latin American Exchange, Santana, and Ortiz with Conan, who Conan is just the urban youth all through his life. My man, old head Chulo, for real. My man, stay with a dicky set in the bandana, don't he? <laughs> he He's been wearing it from every promotion I've ever seen him Look, in. As and soon as somebody... <laughs> As soon as somebody told him to pull his pants up at WCW, because first of all, WCW he looked worse. Remember he had he he had the baggy jeans and he had the Compton button up with the one button at the top and everything else is hung and and and, and the fedora. I'm like, yo, that is such. <laughs> we're talk about Urban. We're in a match with somebody fan, finishers called the Border Toss. Come, it, like, come on now, bro. <laughs> I'm like, y'all. It, this is just this is just, this is just. I just sensed all the youth, urban youthism in this matchup. And I was like, so uh, Santana and Ortiz with Conan takes on the OGs with a Z. Do you hear me? The OGs <laughs> with a Z. Hernandez and Homicide with King. Now we know. Now I am very familiar with LAX because El- Hernandez and Homicide were the original uh, yes, they were. LAX. And I liked them as a tag team. I never was a big fan of Homicide as a singles competitor. And when they broke them up and su- and then Super Max was by himself, I was like, no, I need to be a tag team. Y'all, cause I like be- Homicide's finisher. Yes. Because it's so... It, you just saying it like, how did he tangle him up? Ooh, into a drop. Yeah. Mm. What, <laughs> what did he call it again? Oh, uh, I want to say the Gringo Killer. 
I want to say it was something real hood. <laughs> it really was. It was something real hood. But uh, so this was a Latin exchange. Uh, they had two tables signed uh, on the ring. Hernandez could still fly. If Hernandez did not look like Baby Joker from Friday, that's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> with those oh, cactus and them shells on, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, dear, this is the this the walking stereotype. But they uh, a lot of high flying. It's just a car crash. I think now this is a better hardcore match than uh it was with the Tommy Dreamer Eddie Edwards match. In my personal opinion, and um, I mean it had a lot going on. It had a lot of manager involvement. I mean, it it got got the point across. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it, it got the point across, of course. Uh, there, there there was a day when they had Hernandez laying across the ladder. And then I, this move, like, so I don't know which one is Santana or Ortiz, but they jump up on their shoulders, and it looks like it looks like they trip, but they really, like, hold on and do a senton on it. I thought it then jumps back up and does a lion saw on Hernandez, on the ladder, and I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what, what? It, it, was, it was a moment you was like, all that though, yeah, bro. <laughs> all that really, all that. Cause you know, say they not gonna stop. They just not. It's not. They're not gonna stop. Uh, and then they uh get uh homicide. I believe is, is homicide the one that gets put through the table. I, uh-huh. I, I believe homicide gets put through the table, and then they they, they go to the other side, and then uh, uh, Super Supermax just just does that outsider's edge to what the other ones do the table. I'm just like, I would not ever want to take an outsider's edge through a table. Never. I won't. I won't either. It, it, it looked painful. I was like, <laughs> no, I would never want to that for a table. But uh, at in the end. Uh, the, the 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 new Latin American exchange uh take takes the win and they defeat the OGs for the tag team championships. Right. Oh, they retain their tag team championships. Right. Good heel win there, really was good heel win, good heel heat. Good heel heat. Now one one of two main events we have Pentagon Junior, which I'm a fan of, even though I do like Pentagon Dark, but you gotta watch the general right. for that one. Versus Sammy uh-huh. Callahan in a mask versus hair match. Nowhere did I see this being a hardcore stipulation matchup, but I, I figured since it's Sammy fucking Callahan, you got to. So, huh? I guess because anytime it's a mask versus hair match, I, oh, well, the only point of match is to win this way, so everything's okay. So I mean, no one ever said that. Sammy but, Ca- okay. Yeah, Sammy Callahan's crazy ass. Takes this pick and a hammer, and I'm like, "What the hell are you about to do?" And then he is taking this pick, and he's trying to hammer it in Pentagon's head to the point where Pentagon gets him off, and then Pentagon is hammering the pick. Do like he, you, you hear the ding do Sammy Callahan's head? And I'm just like, "Why are you doing this to yourselves?" Why? You know what they say about the indie darlings, bro. I'm serious. And then say, and then, and then on top of that, they they both have a pick, and they both jamming it into each other's head. I do like how he tied Pentagon's mask on the ropes, and Pentagon gave him the signal, and then he started beating the Pentagon. And Pentagon gets out of it. This was my biggest problem with the match. Okay. 
it was a good, it was a great match going forward, and this is what killed it for me. So Pentagon sets up these chairs in sitting position. Two on one side, two on the other side. So it's like they face each other. There's four chairs there. He picks them up for the package pile driver. Do you hear me? A package uh, pile driver and gives Sammy Callahan a package pile driver through the chairs. That's it. That's the finish. So he pins Sammy Callahan, and what happens? Sammy Callahan comes up and spit it everywhere. And I'm like, why do you have to do that in every single match? That shit is not entertaining to me. Say what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but how does he have that much spit? That, there's nothing I can do to make that much spit grow in my mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's, bro, I'm just saying, like, why do you do this shit? Every single match I've seen him in, like, he's stay drooling. I'm like, bruh, control <laughs> your shit. Because that shit, because look, I was listening to some... I was listening to some, to some other wrestling podcaster out there, out there uh-huh. like Salamaster Sounds Off, check him out, and, you know, and JD from New York. And they were like, I don't understand why this guy is, like, the nastiest motherfucker in the world, and he has to spit everywhere that he's in. I'm just like, so he, he's doing that, and then all of a sudden, Pentagon breaks his arm and gives him a regular package power driver for the win. That's overkill. That's overkill. Everything into that match. That match had spots that were funny from early on in the match when he took off his Roman Reigns vest and said, Chop me, and he chopped him. Then he put the vest back on, like, Wait, that hurt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they had points in the match where it was overly gruesome when you can actively see Pentagon bleeding profusely through his mask. Yes, this was this was gross, but Pentagon wins. He takes Sammy Callahan's spitting ass up up the ramp, and he gets his head shaved. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Triple H's not bringing him. He's not bringing him back to NXT at all. And just to put it better, just put it out there, real talk, he looks better with his head shaved. He does. Yeah, probably does. I agree. Um, main event time, which is this was a really main event. Uh, all scenarios defeats Moose. Or excuse, uh, takes on Moose. For the for the Impact World Championship, by the video package alone, you couldn't tell me Moose wasn't winning this matchup. Uh-huh. I'm like, also you got all these titles, you can at least let Moose have one. And I'll be honest with you, Moose has been in this business for about three years now. And this, we've seen him. Yes, and we've seen him. This man has made the transition. This that that guy is good. Yes, Moose yes, is. is good. He played football. And there's not that many football players. You can list them. There's not that many football players that made a, a successful transition that was actually really good. I mean, not not saying good that was able to sell a lot of tickets, Goldberg. I'm talking about that was good to the point where it's just like they can actually wrestle and put on a 20-minute classic wrestle. You could probably count on one hand the football players that did that. And the only one that comes to my mind that could put on a classic like that that played in the NFL now is uh, Brian Pillman that did that for me. I'm up, here trying, I'm up here trying to think of some wrestlers that I know played football. I mean, not not NFL, but closest what we have in WWE, I guess nowadays is what, Titus O'Neil? No, in Roman Reigns. You're right, in Roman Oh, Brock. Brock well, well, no. was a Viking. No, 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 that, that does not count at all. Brock was cut. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. 
The Rock, well, I mean, see, because The Rock play, played in the U. He played for the University of Miami. So, I mean, if you count right. the college stuff, but the actual go into the NFL, and, like, Luger played in the, the, the uh, USFL for a little bit. Uh-huh. But uh, the, the one that really comes to my mind, I know there's more. People are going to tell us about more. The one that comes to my mind is Brian Pillman, who played for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then... Uh-huh. Came and did all of the light heavyweight stuff. So yes, uh, but yeah, this, this match here was just hard hitting. They didn't need no hardcore overkill. This was just a pure good wrestling matchup. And the one of the spots I like is when Moose is going for the spear. Which, by the way, Moose's spear. I see what Lashley is trying to do. Like he does that flip within the spear. Moose does it a uh-huh. lot better. And I like when Austin Aries is going. Uh-huh. I mean, when Moose is going for the spear and and. Austin Aries catches him in the last chancery. I love that move. I, I was like, love that move. I said, oh shit, that was hot. I never would have thought that. I like. I never would have thought that would be a spot that, you know, I, I would call. But I was like, but you know what? Uh-huh. That was uh, that was pretty damn decent. And uh, also, Austin Aries on the apron hits that Velveteen Dream cartwheel Death Valley driver that he does. And he hits and Moose with it play. on the apron. And I'm like, do you know how big Moose is? See, what, what, what it was about that spot is, A, Moose is huge. You're correct. Yes. B, it looked and was performed at the best it could be performed. Yeah. You just look at that move like, this is the moment when you think wrestling is real. Right here. Exactly. And I was just like, that was just a damn good spot. At first, I was like, I hope Moose didn't, uh, uh, you know, hurt his neck on that one. And I like the story that they was telling, like, Austin Aries was trying to get him counted out on the outside. He, uh-huh. said, he hits that, that, that drop kick off the stage onto the side of the ring, and he almost fell on the steel steps. Hits the brain buster on the outside, that close to the railing and the steel steps. I'm like, I wouldn't even trust you, Austin Aries. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we got to remember, Austin Aries is a seasoned vet. No matter how you look at it, yes. he is a veteran of the business he at is. this moment. He's and the belt collector. <laughs> yes, he, he Oh, yes, that's what he is right now. He's the belt collector. And uh, Moose gets back in the ring, and it was just all drama. But then uh, Austin Aries hits a brain buster on Moose in the middle of the ring, pins him, and retains the Impact World Championship. Now, that was a damn good main event. See, the only thing is here is like, all right, so what baby face you going to have going against Austin Aries next? But that that's for them to figure out. But like you said, it was just a good match throughout. And a lot of people were like, because, you know, I was looking at some, you know, some other wrestling podcast things as well. They were saying things of with as strong as a night that they end up having. They needed it was going to be hard. For something to be on that level or top that. And they said that match did exactly what it needed to do. It was right there and kept the momentum for the remainder of the night. With it being the last match. So you're just like, this was a strong pay-per-view. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm like, you know what, so... Well, what, what would your final grade be? If I was going to give this pay-per-view after just looking through it all, I would give it a strong B+. Plus. B, I, I'm it's the like same right on the cusp of A- minus me, but a strong B+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, what made me mad what, what about this pay-per-view mean? in comparison to other pay-per-views, because you're like, 
man, Slammiversary was great. And the one that just happened at um, New Japan, that was great too. And then you had like Extreme Rules over here and, and everybody's like, what? Exactly. <laughs> I feel so bad. I feel bad. Not <laughs> not really though, but yeah, that's what happened. Well, mm-hmm. that's Vincent Man's show. But uh, for, for the last thing of the day, we're going to get through this real quick. Uh, we're going to go uh-huh. on and do our NXT uh, recap real quick. So let me hit that music. All right, so NXT this week, to be honest with you, there's only but, ain't but one thing to talk about. <laughs> ain't, but, ain't but one thing to talk wait, about. Wait, you don't want to talk about, um, didn't she win with the women's right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the women's right. Uh, yes, uh, Lacey Evans defeated Tanella Price with the, the women's right. Uh, I, I, like I said, I, I can't remember her name. I, 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 like I said, I like Macy Evans. I like Bianca Belair a lot better, but I'm just saying, like, uh, she's coming along. I mean, she, like, she's, when you come to wrestling, she's good at selling, so I do like Lacey Evans. Uh, Adam Cole uh-huh. defeated, uh, Sean Muda and, Guy? yeah, and Ricochet challenging him for that North American Championship at Brooklyn, uh-huh. and uh, so we, I'm hoping, hopefully we get that match because Adam Cole has been doing nothing since getting that championship. Oh, I believe they also would, obviously it looks like to me, a triple threat tag team match for the belt. Yes. What was it? Was it War Raiders, the Mighty, and what else? War, War Raiders, the Mighty. Oh, no, dang. That's more than that. War Raiders... No, War Raiders, Mustache Mountain, because Mustache Mountain came out. That's right, that's right, and uh, Undisputed Era. Right. I would look, man, throw the mighty in it. I would love that. I would like the, the Street Profits. Where, where they at? Where are the Street Profits? <laughs> For my points alone. <laughs> where are the Street Profits? Just saying, oh, and by the way, I will have to update the points next week. Do not have the points updated as of right now, because... You have some updated points because Tommaso Ciampa is the uh, new NXT champion beating Aleister Black. And you know what's kind of sad? Because I was like, when Aleister Black had the belt, I felt as though Aleister Black was getting the uh, Jericho treatment uh-huh. with the belt. Like, he, he, he never main evented. He never main evented with that with that belt. And he, he got put in a main event story. Uh, Giant Gargano comes out, and he, uh, after Ciampa hits the uh Gets hit with the black mask. Wait, is that what happened? He gets hit with the black mask, or yep. I what happens? Okay, Gorgano does come out. I know they argue. Gorgano oh, comes oh. out. Uh huh. Uh, Gorgano comes out and tries to attack Champa, or actually successfully attacks Champa, but then Champa um uses the belt. I think he used the belt and hit Gorgano and not Gorgano out the ring, but then hit Alistair Black too. And then hits Alistair Black with another move on the um what did what did he hit him on that was exposed? Hit him on something exposed. I think it was the outside. Then come in with the Randy Orton DDT and get the pin. Okay. Wow. And what what not not like I didn't like the match. I enjoyed the match. Hands down, I enjoyed the match. What I didn't like, what you just talked about, I feel like I've just seen this title run that Aleister Black had with Nia Jax, 
let me use your title one to feed into somebody else's storyline. And I don't think Aleister Black deserved that. That's what look because right now it looks like we're we're going in for a triple threat at uh, Takeover Brooklyn, which should be an awesome ass match. But that's the only way Aleister Black got to the main event was going into somebody else's storyline, which is not all right. Right, and I mean it doesn't give me any hope for because I don't see Alistair Black winning that triple threat. Um, the move that people would think they would do is put it on Gargano, mm-hmm. but then that does nothing for Ciampa. So a Ciampa should actually win if they have this triple threat. But what does that do for the other two? It's a lose, lose, lose situation for pretty much everybody. It is, but I mean, like, um. We gotta say, Booker. I have faith in NXT. That's how I put it. I have faith in NXT. But guys, You're that right? yeah. But that is what's going to close the show today. Uh, make sure you guys. We don't. We didn't have any emails this week. So make sure if you guys want to email us any questions that you want us to ask or t- talk to us, make sure you guys email us at therealnerdcoalition at gmail.com. Once again, that's therealnerdcoalition at gmail.com. Spell C O A L I T I O N. Make sure you guys check us out on Spacious Productions along with the Market Dark Show and the Nerdgasm Talk Podcast. It's all on there. Check out their website. Links will be in the description box below. If you guys listen to us on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button for weekly podcasts between wrestling and uh, the best entertainment in nerds, uh, nerd culture, entertainment, movies, and all that stuff of that nature. And uh, hit that like button as well and comment down below. If you guys listen to us on the podcast apps, you can see, listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Speaker, SoundCloud, and all the other above. Hopefully, we can get on Spotify soon enough. We will we, see how th- that deal goes. And make sure you guys uh, stay tuned for the up-and-coming podcast as well of Turntables and Drunk Tongue Sober Thoughts. Make sure you guys check that out, uh, Extension of Nerd Coalition. And make sure you guys check out Tim's podcast as well of the I'll Talk and You'll Listen podcast. So, as we are expanding, uh, you know, we like to help out each other as we expand and have a, a, a array of content for you guys to listen to. So, all different podcasts of all different kind of topics and all different kinds of subject matters. You guys can, you know, talk about all that kind of great stuff. So, uh, in the meantime, this is NC the Place to Be. Chill Tony, Mr. A&D, and uh, my co-host, uh, the Hard R from the Soul Trek Enterprise Quattro. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. And make sure, uh, you know, try to love each other out there. You know, let's not spread the hate. It don't matter how many times somebody says it. Somebody's going to do it anyway. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to hear it at least one more time. But Q-Flow, wherever you are at, please legally take us out. To your ears, welcome to the show. We don't need any gimmicks, you already know. So sit back, relax, and hit the like button. Go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming. Swag on trivia and prompts top five. Either way, it's fun and you're hearing it live. Join with your host, Mr. A and E. Yeah, you know it's the place to be. It's in C. Here at Mountain Dew, it's easy to tell who really loves the outdoors. For one thing, there's the rack on your car and the hitch on the back of your truck. There's your garage full of toys, from dirt bikes to wakeboards. And there's your cooler full of Mountain Dew. Always at the ready. Because when it's time to get out there, you know, climb into your deer stand or your fishing boat, 
a cooler of ice-cold Mountain Dew, that's as important a piece of outdoor gear as your spinning rod or your four-wheeler. Mountain Dew. Get out and do.